Well, good evening. A very warm welcome to our Good Friday service of worship. As we come now to worship God, may you know God's loving presence with you. As we come this Good Friday to remember the great sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered and died for us on the cross to save us from our sins, let us give thanks to God for his amazing love for us all as we hear these words from Psalm 18. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He reached down from the high, from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Our first Bible reading this evening is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, reading verses 16 to 32. The soldiers mock Jesus. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice and of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law mocked him, and him among themselves. He saved others, he said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Amen. Our first hymn from Mission Praise number 745 is Were You There?
when they crucified my Lord. Let's pray. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Lord Jesus Christ, you were led to the cross to suffer the penalty of death for the salvation of humankind. We can only imagine the depths of the suffering you endured as you were beaten, humiliated, and nailed to the tree. We can only begin to fathom the mystery, the divine exchange of the sinless Son of God for guilty men and women. Yet you did not despise the cross and its shame, and you set your face like flint to complete the work that you came to do. For you knew that by your death many would be saved to know the joy of forgiveness of sins and the eternal love of your heavenly Father. Grant us pardon for our past offences and by the power of your most Holy Spirit preserve us from falling from the way that you have called us to follow, the way of the cross. Loving Lord Jesus, when you were led away to be crucified, you were stripped of your clothes and men gambled for your robe. Help us to recognize that you alone are our protection and comfort. May we wear the clothing of our Christian faith with dignity and courage. Lord Jesus Christ, when you were nailed to the cross for our sakes, as the innocent victim for our redemption, the whole world was shrouded in darkness. Give us always your light, the light of your eternal presence, which overcomes all darkness. And may we be lights for you in all the dark places of the world. For we ask it in your name. Amen. Our second Bible reading is continuing in Mark's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 33 to 47. The death of Jesus. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, he said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Some ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone, let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and when the centurion who, had, who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance, 
Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. The burial of Jesus. It was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Amen. Our second hymn from Mission Praise number 988 is How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Jesus Christ 
resurrection Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer But this I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my ransom Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer But this I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my ransom In John chapter 13, verse 1, which we were reflecting on during our Monday Thursday service, it says that Jesus, having loved his own who were in the world, loved them to the end and to the highest degree. The full extent of Jesus' love for his disciples and indeed for us all was soon to be revealed following his Last Supper with his disciples. For in the course of the next 24 hours, Jesus suffered and died on the cross, and in the evening his body was placed in a tomb. We've only read part of the story this evening, but we know about Jesus' anguished prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane, his betrayal by Judas Iscariot, his abandonment and denial by the rest of the twelve apostles and his arrest and trials through which he was mocked and beaten. And when, when Pilate, the Roman governor, in order to please the people, gave in to the demands of the crowd to crucify him, Jesus is then flogged and turned over to the soldiers who will eventually be responsible for ensuring his death by the most cruel of executions, death on a cross. Again, the mocking and beating continues as the soldiers gather around, put a purple robe around him and a crown of thorns in his head. Jesus is struck on the head with blows time and again that would cause the thorns to enter his flesh and his blood to flow. And he is spat on over and over again then, with his own clothes returned, Jesus is led out to die to the place outside the city walls called Golgotha, meaning the place of the skull. And he is crucified between two criminals at nine o'clock in the morning. Still, people mocked and cheered and insulted him. He saved others, but he can't save himself. But the physical and emotional suffering was only part of it. For in dying on the cross, Jesus wasn't dying for himself. He was dying for us to carry our sins away. And so on the cross, Jesus, God's Son, experienced the most awful burden of our sins. Darkness covered the land from noon till three in the afternoon, 
when he cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We can only begin to fathom how terrible this would have been for God's beloved son. But what we do know from God's word is that Jesus suffered for us to make a great exchange. He took our sins so we could be forgiven. And he died in our place so that we might live forever. It says in 2 Corinthians 5:21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, we're told that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. And in Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 6, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Through his sufferings, Jesus truly showed the full extent of his love for us and to the highest degree. For he died in our place so that we could know God's forgiveness and experience God's love forever. And indeed, through to his final cry, it is finished. In every suffering, he still loved, still forgave, and still gave us everything. At the foot of the cross, witnessing Jesus' death were the crowds and there were the courageous women who had stayed around even when his other followers had mostly disappeared. There was also a man who completely changed in the course of a day. Earlier, this man had allowed or even encouraged the soldiers to mock and beat Jesus. Earlier, he'd led Jesus out of the city on the way to his death. Just a few hours before, he'd overseen the crucifixion detail carrying out their deadly work. No doubt he'd seen it all before, the brutality, the pain, and the excruciating deaths. But this day was very different. This day, the Roman centurion who stood in front of the cross, witnessed a very different death. The earlier mocking and jeering of the soldiers, in which he may well have been a vocal participant, was replaced by wonder and awe. He'd never seen the like before. He'd never known anyone to forgive his executioners and tormentors and to die in such a way as this man. All this man showed was love, even through the most extreme suffering. 
Mark's Gospel records here two things that happened when Jesus died. The first was that the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Notice it's from top to bottom. It's God's doing. The second was the reaction of the centurion to Jesus' death. The tearing of the curtain in the temple, a supernatural act of God, showed that Jesus' death had opened the way into God's holy presence. And immediately after this, we're told in verse 39, And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Who should be the first to put their faith in Jesus following his death than the centurion, the the soldier responsible for overseeing his execution? The way Jesus died so changed his heart that he made a simple step of faith and declared, surely this man was the Son of God. When we contemplate Jesus' suffering and consider not only what he went through for us on the cross, but how he showed God's love for us to the end and to the highest degree, it calls us also to respond to his love. Jesus died for the sins of the world, but he died in particular for people for the centurion who executed him, and for countless others who have mocked and ridiculed him through the ages, but who later changed their minds and came to see that surely this man is the Son of God. Isn't God's love and grace amazing? Isn't it wonderful that whatever sins we've committed, whatever mistakes and regrettable decisions we've made in our lives, God's love in Jesus still reaches out to us and invites us to come to know him as our eternally loving God who loves us to the highest degree. The centurion later reports to Pilate, the governor, that Jesus has died. So Joseph of Arimathea, one of the religious leaders, but also a secret follower of Jesus, is allowed to take Jesus' body and bury it in a tomb. Not an easy task. Imagine having to take Jesus' bloodied and and crushed body from the cross and then to wrap it in the linen cloth. Did the centurion help? We don't know. John's Gospel tells us that Nicodemus, another of the religious leaders who spoke with Jesus one night, also came to help bury Jesus' body. I wonder what each was thinking. But imagine also what Jesus' other followers were thinking. Imagine their sorrow and distress. Jesus had died. Had their hopes died too? His body was in a tomb. A stone was rolled against the entrance. Surely that was the end. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. They meant to return the day 
after the Sabbath with spices to anoint Jesus' body. At least they could do that for him. God, however, had other plans. Amen. Let's pray. Eternal and loving God, we thank you that through Jesus Christ you have entered into the depth of our need for forgiveness and new life. We thank you that through Christ's suffering you not only understand our tears and pain, but have re revealed a way of light in the darkness and a way of life through the valley of the shadow of death. Loving Father, we thank you that Whoever puts their faith in your beloved Son and trusts in his death on the cross for their sins, passes from death to life and is born again into your family. Light of the world, help us to bring that message of hope, that comfort for the weary, that rest for heavy, the heavy laden. Help us to reach out our arms to your world, to those around us near and far, with the love of Jesus our Saviour, who draws people from every tribe and nation, from every corner and community, to discover life in all its fullness in your eternal kingdom. God of all comfort, we lift up to you all who are in our hearts with their own particular needs that you would surround them with the knowledge of your loving and healing presence god of all hope thank you that the death of our lord was not the end of the story that the darkness of good friday with and the sadness of Saturday would be replaced by the joy of resurrection on Sunday. Help us all to know your hope in the time of waiting, in the time when we cannot yet see all that you are doing in our lives and in our world. Fill us with that hope of Christ, who died, was buried, and rose again for us, and who lives and reigns with you, dear Father, and with your most Holy Spirit, one God, forever loving and forever worthy of our praise. Amen. Our closing hymn from Mission Praise number 1217 is O to See the Dawn, the Power of the Cross.
And now may the Lord Jesus, whose arms were spread on the cross to embrace the whole world in God's love, help us to take up our cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you this night and forever. Amen.